Welcome to Living Water Youth. If you are newer, special welcome to you. Uh, if you haven't been in a long time, welcome back. Welcome back to the, to the Living Water Youth family. Uh, we're talking tonight specifically on the subject of breakups, rejection, and sexual healing. This is a big one. Some of you are like, did you say, did you say the word sexual in youth group? I did. I said that. Yes. Crazy. Um, but before we get into it, we're, uh, the first half of my message, uh, I'm going to spend talking about specifically breakups and rejection. Because how many, I know none of you guys have ever been through those. And so, but you might one day, so, oh, some of you maybe, yep, maybe gone, some, gone, gone through some of that. We're going to talk about specifically breakups and rejection. And then the last bit of the message, we're going to talk about sexual healing. And I'm really praying Listen for a moment here. Uh, I'm really praying tonight that, that you don't just hear what I have to say because I don't really care what I have to say as much as I really want God's spirit to speak to you. So, so here's, here's the thing about that. Like Wesley was talking about looking at, you know, looking at his wife, looking at Amanda, and they're, they're engaged. There was eye contact. You know, there's a difference between hearing and listening. Listening is hearing on purpose. Like you can hear you know, things going on all around you, but, but listening takes an intentional focus on what you're hearing. And I want to challenge you tonight to be listening to what God wants to speak to you. So we're going to talk about, first, first off, breakups and rejection. And I wanted to just give you a little glimpse. I know some of you know Holly and I, my wife, she's sitting right, standing right back there, have a brand new baby strapped, uh, strapped in that thing. She's adorable. Yes! Delaney Jean. Oh, man. She's got my heart so wrapped up. It's not even funny. Um, but you've heard some of our story. We met, I was in eighth grade. Whenever I met Holly, she was a freshman. So our whole journey throughout high school uh, was me pursuing her, getting rejected a bunch of times, uh, her eventually coming to the light, realizing that God had an incredible plan for her life. And she, she realized, like, what am I doing with my life? This is crazy. I finally was like, oh, Chase is the man. And then I was, at that point, I was like, nah, you missed the boat. <laughs> you missed the boat, girl. We're on, we're past that. But we actually really established an incredible friendship throughout high school. I wanted to show you a quick picture of what we looked like in high school, just so you have an, just an idea. Um, this is, yeah, I know you're all, I know you're all whistling and out owing at me. You know what I'm saying? Is I'm in a, I'm in a suit for like an extra, extra large man in a little medium-sized body. But hey, um, Holly was. This is her senior prom. I'm a junior, and uh, she asked me. I was her second choice. Her first choice, which was my best friend, said no because he's a good friend, and he didn't want to like be like, "Yo, throw me under the bus." But either way, uh, we're here. This is a quick picture. We we were great friends in high school. Uh, after several moments of me trying to pursue her, and then got rejected, and then we grew a great friendship, and then we have an incredible uh, journey that took place after that to get us to where we are right here. And if you want to hear more about that. We've got a, I just preached a message with her together for our young adult service last Thursday night. And, uh, and if you wanted to listen to that, you could hear our story more, more in detail. And I'd encourage you to do it. It's on an, uh, a podcast. You can search LWYA for young adults on Apple iTunes and all that. You can find it. But that is, uh, that's part of our journey. journey. I experienced, though, a lot of rejection. And uh, I just wanted to give you a quick quick, quick, quick glimpse to get us in the mood tonight for, I'll get you, I'll get you at the end for sure, Ty, but I appreciate that hand, bro. I am sweaty, because they did pictures in between the dance. It wasn't in the beginning. Oh, you better believe your boy was dancing. You know what I'm saying? It's that glisten on my forehead was sweat, matter of fact. Thank you for noticing that, because they gave us little time slots at every time everybody had different times, and we were like, we're going to dance and not waste this time. Anyway, so thank you. Good question. I was sweaty. Um, to get us in the mood, 
for breakups and rejection, real quick, I wanted to show you a moment that might help you understand uh, what rejection can feel like. So take a look at this video real quick. Sign up for News 10 text message. That's under pressure, isn't it? Well, whatever you did work because you're still married. How many yeah. years? Forty years. Forty years. So I yeah. think people ought to be asking you well, how to do it. Well, I tell you, if I'd have did it that way, I wouldn't have got. She'd have probably need me while I'm down there. But uh, <laughs> you know what? I'm just waiting once for the for the gal to say no. Okay. And, yeah. Oh, you, know, you know that would be. Uh, well, she has to say yes there. She may say no as soon as they walk off the court. Oh, uh, I think she's saying I can't do it right now. Said I, I really do like you a lot, but uh, let's just be friends. Wow, look at this. Wow. Well, how do you like that? Well, I, you know, I was just joking when I said that. You know that, right? <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> boy, that, uh, that uh, young man... Uh, Probably, probably get over it in uh, 10, 12 years or so. Yikes. Could you imagine that? It would be terrible. Oh, but just to get us in the mood of that moment. How many, don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. How many of you maybe have experienced a rejection or some rejection in your life? Don't raise your hand. Maybe you don't want to. I will, I will. I've experienced a lot of it. But have you, can you remember a moment of rejection for you? Or, or maybe, maybe if you can't, that doesn't just come to the top of your head. Maybe can you remember a moment you rejected somebody else? You know, when you got those letters or those little notes when you were in elementary school, and it was like, check the box. Do you like me? Do you not like me? There was never a neutral box. There was never like, give me another out. I don't want to let you down, but I don't want to say yes. And that never gave me that option. But we all have an we all have an experience. With rejection. Some of us have an experience with breakups in rejection relationships. And because we're in a relationship series, I wanted to speak to this tonight because you know what? This is one of the greatest things that I've wrestled with personally in my journey with Jesus, this issue of rejection. and Because it, it's not just about relationships. It's like at the core of, of our identity, there's this issue we can have with, with this idea of rejection from people, from others. Um, here's the thing about rejection. It's unavoidable. You can't. You cannot live this life and not experience, to some degree, at some point, rejection. You're gonna. You're gonna see it at at some point, and we all have to to some degree experience it. I'm sure up to this point. Here's another thing about rejection. It sucks. Like it's it's super painful. It, it does not feel good when someone says to some degree, "I don't want you," or "like you," or "You're not whatever." There's that moment. If you, especially if you've experienced in the romantic side of things, it just it sucks. It's nothing. It doesn't feel good and it really hurts like nothing else does like sometimes like I think I'd rather like slam my head against a wall physically pain than have to deal with the emotional pain that comes with a with a rejection from somebody another thing we fear it a lot of us are paralyzed by the fear of rejection we don't even talk to a girl we don't even talk to a guy that we might be interested in and we think we would like to get to know or have a friendship with because of that fear of like they are going to reject me like I don't even I don't even give them I don't even throw that lob of like hey I think you're cute <laughs> because if that happens there's a potential that they may be like I don't think you're cute <laughs> six 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 tight 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 cool 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 <laughs> some of us we're, we're paralyzed by the fear of rejection so I'm gonna give you a couple things tonight 
specifically to rejection, that God wants, I believe, to speak to you. And then we're going to talk about sexual healing to wrap things up because I know God wants to free some of you tonight and really heal some of you with where you are. Here's some things about rejection. Um, there's a big, there's a, there's, there's macro rejection and then there's, there's micro rejection. What I mean by that is there are big moments where maybe you have experienced or you could experience a moment of rejection. That's the straight up shutdown. That's the like, you you really have liked somebody, you started to date somebody, you started talking, and then it just, it shut down. All of a sudden something changed, something happened, and feelings changed, feelings adjusted, whatever. And there was a moment, a conversation, or a lack of conversation, uh, a, a ghosting, if you will, that just began to be more clear to you that, whatever was was no longer and now you're dealing with the reality of being maybe rejected uh that's a macro version of it then there's like the micro version of it that's like the stuff that it's just kind of ongoing and we talked about this uh we talked about this in our young adults service because i think this has happens the older you get sometimes people like they never have anybody maybe interested in them in the romantic side and there's this fear this like am i ever gonna am i ever even going to get a guy's attention or get a girl's attention and it feels like you're, I'm never going to be pretty enough or I'm never going to be strong enough or I'm never going to be smart enough to even like potentially have somebody see me and want me. And there's like the, your whole life has kind of got these micro versions of that. So there's both macro and micro. Here's some truths, though. I need you to hear tonight. God wants to speak to you and get through to your heart, not just your head. So you can write them down. But more than that, I pray that like something happens in your heart as you hear this. Here's the first thing you need to know. Rejection does not define you. If you've experienced rejection, if, you've cur- if you're currently walking in some, some kind of rejection, you need to hear me say, you need to hear God speak to you tonight. This is not just my thought. This is something I believe the Spirit wants to speak. That rejection, that moment, it doesn't define you. It's not who you are. Rejection does not dictate your value. Listen, Jesus, who we believe to be the most supreme value person ever, he has the greatest value of all time. Nobody is more valuable than Jesus. Jesus was extremely rejected by man. Now, if Jesus was of a supreme value and he was rejected by man, we can unpack that, that, that what that helps us see to believe is that it's, rejection is not dictated by someone's value or lack thereof. It is, it is not something that defines you. So if you've experienced a moment of rejection from somebody, you need to know that doesn't mean that you're not valuable. It doesn't mean that you're broken. It doesn't mean that you're unlovable or you're unworthy. Somebody needs to hear me say this tonight because somebody has been wrestling with the fact that they got broken up with, someone stopped talking to them, that someone that they really wanted to talk to or hope that they would see doesn't, and so they begin to go, is something wrong with me? Am I not valuable? Am I not good enough? The truth of the matter is tonight that 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 rejection does not define you and it does not dictate your value. 1 Peter 2.4 it talks about this when it comes to Jesus. It says, as you come to him, a living stone rejected by men. This is talking about who Jesus is, as he came. But in the sight of God, chosen and precious. You know God chose you. We know that from, from the Gospels. We know that from the book of John. God chose you. He called you before you could choose and call him. You're chosen by God. You're called by God. And so when you're rejected by man, it does not indicate that you are not valuable. And some, somebody, somebody needs to know, too, um, because... There's some longing, there's some longing that somebody is struggling with when it comes to that, that, that feeling of like, if I can just be accepted by this guy, by this girl, then I will feel more valuable. You won't. And it won't, it won't actually last. I know the world tells you like, once you get it, once you've got that relationship, once you've got that girl's attention, once you've got that guy's attention, 
and you guys can be, be your own thing, then you will actually feel more put together and valuable and complete. That's false. You won't. You might feel it temporarily, but then it will disappear because guess what? That dude's a dude. Guess what? That girl's a girl. Well, here's that, what that means. That means they're, they're imperfect. They cannot provide you fulfillment and happiness that is going to last forever because they're imperfect. There's only one source that you can find that ultimate fulfillment in, and it's in Christ. And so even if you were to have it, it may not, it will not mean that you're going to even feel more valuable. Rejection doesn't mean something is wrong with you. Let me speak to a couple of things that come with rejection when it comes to the fear side of things. Because I know somebody is struggling with the fear of rejection. This was me for a long time. I'm, I can't even talk to that person. And I'm, again, we're in relationships, right? We're talking about the world of relationships. But I know that this is stuff that's going to go deeper than just relationships. Because some of you are all wrestling with the world of rejection just in life. Not just with a guy or with a girl, but like from your parents. Or like from a coach or from a teacher or from a group of friends. So I hope you know, I'm, I, although I'm speaking specifically to love relationships and singleness, I hope you know if God is beginning to do something in you in a different area, it means he's doing something in you. So don't, don't just push away and be like, ah, he's just talking about relationships. No, God's got something more to do even than just that. Fear that comes with rejection. Some people, I need you to hear this statement, need to stop letting the fear of rejection stop you from the potential of pursuing. Because you'll get to a point where you have to come to terms with the reality that, like, there is a potential I could get rejected. And, and here's the truth. That's okay. It's okay to actually, it's okay to actually get rejected by man, by a woman. It hurts, but it's not ultimate. So don't let the fear of being rejected by somebody hold you back from the potential of a pursuit of somebody when it comes to healthy, God-honoring relationships. Because... Because it's a risk, it is, but, but, but that could be something where you're like, I'm never going to move. I'm going to stay here, and one day, my dream guy is going to come up to my front door playing a guitar with a bag of freshly cooked Chick-fil-A and sing me the newest Justin Bieber song, and I'll know that's my guy. <laughs> Just going to sit here, and I'm going to wait till that moment happens. At some point, you'll have to risk rejection. Some of you need to hear this. You're in a relationship right now, or you're in a thing right now. You're in, you're in the talkings. <laughs> you're in the, you're in the uh, excessive likings of Instagram posts, so it's obvious that you like them and they like you. Feel me? Lots of DMs have been slid into. Lots of TikToks have been made, you know, like passive aggressively about somebody else, even though, like, they can't, you didn't put their name in it. You're in that. Some of you need to hear me say, though, tonight, that you, you are in something you know you shouldn't be in. And some of, here's something that I, I want to speak to. On the opposite side of being too afraid to pursue, there also can be the fear of, of not saying this needs to be done because you're afraid of it hurting somebody. Both fears can cripple somebody and prevent them from walking in what God's called them to be. So also somebody needs to hear me, needs to hear me say, if you're in something you know you shouldn't be in, and it doesn't even necessarily mean that it's bad. Some of you are like, I just have this feeling like this isn't right for right now. Maybe it's right for another time. Because listen, we said this before, the right thing plus the wrong time equals what? The wrong thing. So maybe it's not the person that's wrong, but maybe the timing is wrong. And you know, like, I need to, I need to end this right now because it's not healthy for me where we're going. But you're too afraid of potentially hurting somebody's feelings that you don't want to make that decision. Some of you know you need to make a decision. 
there's fear that comes with rejection, but we need to push, push through. So, number one, rejection does not define you. I want you to repeat this after me. I'm going to say rejection does not define me. I want you to repeat. Rejection does not define me. Ready? Rejection does not define me. Number two, rejection can be a gift. Oh, shoot. What? Yeah, check this out. Rejection can be a gift. Breakups, a breakup can be a gift. Some of you just walk through something or you're walking through something and you're like, this, what are you talking, a gift? This hurts. This stings so bad. It doesn't make any sense. I thought this is where we were going to be. This was going to be our future. We were going to get married, have babies, have a future together. What do you mean it's a gift? Well, when Holly and I were dating, we ended up getting engaged. You'll hear this if you listen to that message on, from our young adult service. We got engaged. We actually broke up our engagement. I broke up our engagement after we were engaged the first time. And, and in that broke, broken up time, I didn't think we were getting back together. She did. But I was, like, moving on, and she was, like, holding on. And what happened in that season was something that God did in us that he could not have done in any other season had we not been broken up. The way God grew her faith. The way God challenged her heart to trust him like never before. The way God matured me. Because I, I'll be honest, I was an immature dude. I, I, I did not lead our relationship healthily. Uh, let me be vulnerable with you for a little bit. So like God's called us to walk in some ways with our relationships. And we'll talk about that for a hot minute tonight. But when we were dating and engaged, I, I mean, I, there were several places where like, where God had called us to walk our, certain, our, walk our purity out that I, I chose to continue to push the line on. And man, it's one of my greatest regrets. And God's forgiven me. God's healed and restored. And by God's grace, we saved sex for marriage. I mean, there was a lot of that that was still there. But I, I pushed the boundaries farther than I knew we were supposed to go. And, and what came with that was shame and condemnation and guilt. And then the, the mistrust. Holly couldn't trust me to lead her because I would push the boundaries. And so what happened when we were broken up was that God matured me in a different way. Like, hey, grow up. It's time to start being a man of integrity and character, Chase. It's time to stop just doing things because you want to do them because they feel good. It's time to start leading with an integrity and a character that's going to honor me and it's going to help you guys be healthy. Not like a, you should do this because it's right. It's because it's like do this because it honors me and it will create healthier worlds for you in the future. And, and that broken up season did something in me. It matured me as a man and it got me on a process that if we had not broken up, it wouldn't. It was a gift to me. Some of you need to know when a rejection moment happens, it's not the, the end of the world. It could be the gift that God's wanting to give you to do something in you that he could not do if you were still together in that thing. Because you, there's blinders sometimes that happen. We can't always see clearly. We're caught up in the rom romance and emotion of it all. And it's just like, oh, everything's amazing. And, blah, blah, blah. and it is. It's awesome. I love being married more than anything. I, I love being a dad too. Those are like real close, but I don't get to be a dad without being married. So that's, that's how it goes, one, one and two. I love it. But so, so how many of y'all know sometimes you're blind by what you're in? And sometimes it takes it being removed from you in order for you to see more clearly what God wants to do in you. It could be a gift. And it's not a waste if what you did have. That's the other thing. Some people are like, oh, I burned the whole box of all the notes he ever gave me in the shirt. I'm just going to rip it up in the shreds. Ugh, uh, uh. What a waste of my what a waste of my last six months. What a waste of my last year. Ah, ah. Let me tell you something. That's false. Savor what you had. You, you, you can enjoy what you did have. You can gain something from those conversations, from those experiences that you did have. And they can be a part of what is building into your next season. It doesn't have to all be a waste. 
just because you're hurting and you're broken, I'm not trying to take away from that pain or that rejection or that breakup, but it doesn't mean that everything that, that you had was a waste because God can use that for your next season and for who he's building you to be. It's not all a waste. Rejection can be a gift. Number three, and I'm going to invite the worship team up if you guys can come on up here as I'm talking number three. Rejection will reveal. It'll reveal. Let me, let me say this. Moments of rejection, they really are like, they're beautiful moments for us to remember. And here's what I mean. They're moments for us to remember this truth, that our ultimate place of acceptance and value comes from the Father through Jesus, not from what that girl thinks about you, what that guy thinks about you. So when there's a moment of rejection, what it can do is it can instantly, it hurts, it sucks, it doesn't, nobody, wants, nobody wants that. No one's like, yep, sign me up. I just want to get rejected all day. Sounds great. Nobody wants that. But when that moment does happen, here's what can, it, can, it can trigger in you. It can trigger in you that remembrance that, you know what, yet yeah, that just happened. You got rejected by a man or by, by a guy or by a girl. But remember, your ultimate acceptance you have comes from the Father through Christ Jesus, and you have all of that acceptance from him. So no matter what man or woman says or doesn't say, you have full acceptance by the Father through Christ Jesus. See, rejection helps reveal and expose where our anchor is at. When you're rejected, all it does is just brings to the surface where your hope really is. I mean, when, when I broke up with Holly, I watched... An, and over the six months that we were broken up from our engagement before we got back and started a friendship again and then ultimately got re-engaged and then married, I watched her, I watched her anchor get revealed. And what it happened more than ever was I was like, oh man, her anchor is actually in Jesus. And so rather than her just being tossed by the wind by being rejected by me, by being broken up, broken up with by me, she just leaned into Jesus like never before. God, I trust you. I lay my life down at your feet. Whatever you want to do with me, I, I trust that you got a bigger, bigger and better plan than, than I thought I had. And what it happened was it began to reveal her anchor was in Jesus. Listen, where's your anchor at tonight? Who is your anchor in? Relationships are beautiful. They're awesome. They're, t- they're, they're hard. They're messy. They're complicated. But they're a gift from God. They're not a bad thing. Like church at times I think makes this weird like relationship, you know, thing. And this, relationships are beautiful. But, but listen, they can't be where your anchor is at. A boyfriend and girlfriend cannot be where your anchor is. And, and, and I want to bring us to that place. Now, where's your anchor tonight? Where, who, who is your anchor in? Because when you're anchored in, in, to, in Jesus, no matter what rejection comes from man or woman, you can remain steadfast. You can remain secure. You can remain solid. Psalm 112.7 says, he's not afraid of bad news. His heart is firm, trusting in the Lord. David's saying, when bad news comes, heartbreaks come, and his heart's actually anchored in something bigger than himself so he can remain firm, solid trusting in the Lord. Rejection will reveal. Some of you guys tonight, you need to hear me say, more than ever, because you're hurting from rejection. And I want to take a moment and lean into that because there's somebody that needs to know, like, it's not just a little thing. Rejection really does hurt. The feeling of not being wanted or loved by somebody that you care about or want to be loved and cared about by, it hurts. And there's no quick fix to it. There's no quick, there's no quick like, hey, check, you know, take take this medicine, read this book, have this conversation with this leader. None of it fix it, fixes it immediately, right? It hurts. And I want you to know tonight, like, 
I, I'm with you on that hurt. I have experienced it before. I, I, can, I can relate to that feeling. But if you're here tonight and you're walking out some kind of rejection or some kind of hurt from being rejected, God sees you tonight. You're not alone. In fact, you're probably in great company because there's probably a lot of us here who feel that. And you need to be healed because some of you have been hurt by it. You need, you need to be healed by, by what has been hurt, wounded in you. And you need to know full healing for you tonight is found in the Father's full acceptance of you. Nowhere else. God, God has fully accepted you as a son, as a daughter. And, and as painful as a man or woman's rejection or a guy or girl's rejection of you, when you can begin to have a fresh revelation of God the Father's full acceptance of you, it's like it does, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, men's rejection, women's rejection just begins to like fade away because you know, I, I, I know I liked you and I wanted to have a relationship with you, but if we don't, like I'm, I got my anchor is something that's gonna last forever anyway. So I trust him with that next step. Oh, I just wish she would, I wish, oh, if she would see me and like me, like, ah, oh my gosh, it would just be so good. One day she will, maybe, please God help. When your anchor is in Christ, no matter what comes your way in the form of rejection or breakup, he holds you secure. Full healing is found only in the Father's full acceptance. And if you're hurting tonight, you're broken. I love the way the message version, Eugene Peterson's interpretation of Psalms 34, 18 says, if your heart is broken, you'll find God right there. God's close to the brokenhearted. If you're kicked in the gut, He'll help you catch your breath. He's right there next to a heart that is hurting. That's where he's going to be tonight. Here's where I'm going to pivot. Because there's some people specifically that God's put in my heart tonight that I know when we're talking about the idea of rejection. Some of you have been in relationships. Let me speak to the girls for a second specifically. And the, the desperate desire to be accepted by a guy has been so um, important to you that you've been willing to lay down whatever it takes to get his acceptance. Some of you, it's a physical thing. Guys, this is the saying that I've heard a ton of times before. I think it's pretty accurate in most cases. It helps me paint the picture. Sometimes like guys use sex to, guys use love to get sex. Girls use sex to get love. Now that's like universal that goes in different ways, but, but the gist of it is like a guy at times will be like, I, I know what I want. And so they can on the front end be like, oh yeah, I care about you. Oh yeah, you're amazing. But then all of a sudden they start like asking for more, pushing some boundaries and wanting more from you. And I know some of you girls in here, you have, you have felt that sense of like, if I don't give this, if I don't do this with this guy, if I don't have this kind of relationship, then he will, he'll reject me. He'll break up with me. He'll, he'll want somebody else who will. And some of you have walked down that path and you're even sitting here tonight in the world of, of walking in that experience and you feel ashamed, you feel used, you feel like, I've, okay, I've given that part of me away or I've given those pieces of me away. So why, what's, the, what's the point of even trying to like not do that again? And so you've gone from guy to guy, relationship to relationship, physical encounter to physical encounter, hoping that at some point that guy will see you and want you for you. And yet, every single time you're left more and more broken, more and more hurting. 
guys in a, in a similar kind of way. Some of you, it might be like that for you in the physical relationship. Some of you, it's, it might be in the world of pornography. You know, you're, you're so desperate to be accepted. You're so desperate to be, to be loved and to be seen. And you're so afraid of being rejected that you can go to the screens where, where that screen or that picture, or that video, it's not going to reject you because it's not a person. So you can feel like you're enough, like you can feel like you've got what it takes in that moment as you're looking at pornography and it just begins to, to, to distort the, the beautiful thing that God has created between a man and a woman in the covenant of marriage and just begin to, t- to tear away your heart and your soul. But you're like, I, I can't stand being rejected. Like I will go to a place where I won't be rejected and, and I will get, get my fill there. Some of us have been in that spot. I mean, I know I'm talking about, I'm, I'm going into a place where I'm talking about some like maybe heavy things. Some of you are like, what's going on? This is, I, I've never had physical encounters in relationship or I've never, pornography, that's like a big, I think an adult problem. No, that's a, that's a real problem here. Let, be real. Like, I'm not blind to it. I was addicted to pornography in high school. I, I was struggling with the world of physical relationships. I know, I know a lot of you are too. So here's what I'm not willing to do. I'm not willing to like dance around this like it's not a big deal. When, when, when deep down so many of you are drowning You're drowning in shame. You're drowning in sin. Because listen, the Bible does call that world of of sexual promiscuity and sexual impurity, it does call it sin. And I also am not afraid to say that because the scriptures are really clear. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I mean, we gotta be okay with saying like, hey, God's called us to live a certain way because when we live in that way, it honors him and 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 it builds us up rather than breaks us down. It's not just because you're like, you got to do it right because I'm God and you're the kids and you gotta, you're going to get in trouble. It's like, no, God's designed something for us to experience that is ultimately fully satisfied in him. And then when it's done, when, when relationships and the physical side of things are done in the way that he's called us to, it honors him and it blesses our life. So it's not just like clean yourselves up. You know better, Christians. No, it's like you're drowning. And you keep, you keep thinking that pouring more water on yourself, which is what the world says, just put more water on is going to help you stop drowning. It's like this crazy, like, insane thought. Like, I'll just keep putting water on me and then I'll stop. No, like, I'll just keep doing this stuff in my relationship. I'll just keep looking at more pornography. I'll just keep pushing the boundaries here more and more and more. I've already messed up. I've already had sex. I've already given that away. What does it matter? Just put, and you're just, you're drowning, but you're like, and God's saying, like, I hate, yo, love you so much bigger, so much more than the sin that you've been drowning in. Uh, check this out. Here's a life wrap. Scrap that. Here's a jet ski. Here's a, here's a guy named Jesus on it. He's coming over to you as you're in the water, and he's putting his hand out. He's reaching it out. Here's the picture I need you to see. It's in John 8. Jesus is in a moment where a bunch of religious people have caught this woman who has been in adultery. Okay, she's in the middle of sexual sin. She gets, she gets pulled out of the sin that she's in and they're bringing her out in the middle of the street. They're embarrassing her and they're about to stone her. Jesus shows up to the scene. Here's the picture that we see. And here's how I wanna wrap up. The scribes and the Pharisees, they brought the woman who'd been caught in the act of adultery. Now the law of Moses commanded to stone such a woman. So they're like to Jesus, what do you, what do you say, Jesus? This they said they wanted to test him that they might have some charges to bring against him. Jesus then bent down and he wrote with his finger on the ground. And as they continued to ask him, he stood up and said to them, let him who is without sin be the first among you to throw a stone. And once more, he bent down and wrote on the ground. But when they heard it, they went away one by one, beginning with the older ones. And Jesus was left alone with the woman standing before him. And here's where I want you to hear. Verse 10, Jesus stood up and he said to her, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She said, no one, Lord. 
And Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. Now go and sin no more. Jesus didn't, Jesus, I think sometimes we think Jesus has like got some stones. God's got some stones. Our pastors have got some stones. Our parents have got some stones ready that if we were to come clean, if we were to be honest, we'd just be having just stones thrown at us. Like, so we don't do it. We gotta hide. Jesus doesn't throw stones. He extends his hand. He's not gonna throw a stone at you. He's gonna extend his hand towards you. That's what we see. And he's got a life raft tonight for you to, to pull you out of maybe the sin that you're in, that you've been drowning in. And I wanna, I wanna call you to tonight to hear the way that God actually sees you, the way that God, Jesus, wants to actually extend that invitation tonight to say, listen, there's so much greater life for you to experience that I have for you if you will see. Be honest with your sin. Yo, if you're in a physical relationship that's not honoring God, just like, like own it. It's okay to own it. Be, be real. Like, listen, because you got to own it. You got to just be like, yo, like, I'm not honoring God in our relationship. You might be sitting next to the person. You might be here tonight with the person, and y'all are both feeling like, oh, gosh, what do we do? Own it. Own it. Hey, I've been in sin. Man, I, I, I walked past the boundaries that I know God had called for us because it's not just about, again, the boundaries are not just about you doing something right because that's what the Bible says. They are about glorifying God because you know what we are on this earth to do? Glorify God with our lives, glorifies God, and then it's for our blessing. It's for our health. It's for our thriving. Because when we walk in the way God's called us to walk, you will experience life in a more full way. Here's where the enemy wants to keep you tonight. He wants to keep you in sin, and he wants to keep you in shame. He wants to keep you bound. He wants to keep you drowning. This is not a, this is not a message to say like, yo, clean yourselves up. Let's be a more holy youth group. No. I want you to experience more of Jesus. I want you to experience his grace for you. I want you to experience his blessing in your relationships. And tonight he's saying like, I love you. My, my love, here's the exact line he wrote me, he told me to say. There is no sin that you're in tonight that is too great for God's love to forgive and redeem you. There's no sin that you're in tonight that's too great for God's love to forgive and redeem you. 